0: Drew. Yes, Kyle. Since the moment it came out, I've been wanting to talk to you about this movie. Are okay. you ready to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse?
1: Yeah, I've never been more ready, Ron.
0: <laughs> Can we say it's the best movie of 2023, hands down? John, I mean, John
1: back? McFour came out.
0: That's I've got John Four at number two. and yeah. I feel good about it. No, it's it's, so, the, it's the best movie. 2023 has got some bangers already. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, John McFour. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Super Mario Brothers, Dungeons and Dragons, and then Air and a bunch of movies that were worse than Air that I don't want to talk about. Cocaine Bear? I did not catch Cocaine Bear Yeah, well, you're missing out, dude. (laughs) Okay. Would I have that above or below Dungeons and Dragons on my list?
1: It'd be below Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Okay. Um, Okay. Well, that's fair. I'll get to it at some point. Uh, But my favorite movie of the year so far, and it's really not that close... (laughs) Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, I was blown away by this movie. Uh, We were both big fans of the first movie. Uh, I remember going into the first movie like very, very speculative is maybe not the right word. Didn't know, like I was definitely not like hyped up to see the first one. I was like, I kind of like what they're doing with Spider-Man, with Tom Holland. I don't really want something to kind of ruin this. And I walked out of the first one going, okay, no, that that may be the best Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. of all time. I walked out of this one four or five years later, maybe going, no, that this definitely was the best Spider-Man movie of all time. And I don't think it's particularly close as to what would be second. So as we're doing tonight, we're talking about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, maybe press pause, go see it, or just let us spoil the whole thing here for you because I bet we'll probably have some spoilers along the way. Um, Drew, it is currently Sitting at an IMDb rating of 9.1 out of 10, making it the highest rated um, superhero movie of all time. Wow. Higher than we, higher than Infinity War and Endgame, huh? Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Those, those masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, opening weekend, it did $120 million. Uh, worldwide gross was $221 million on an estimated $150, 000, $150 million budget. So I would guess that they're probably going to make the third one. Uh, based <laughs> on those numbers alone. <laughs> um, and this movie ends on what you don't see a whole lot of anymore, on uh, whether it's superhero movies or franchise movies or whatever, but a big old cliffhanger. Reminded me of like the cliffhangers of old, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like we haven't seen, well, I mean, we saw one in Infinity War, but before that, When's the last time you saw a movie in a franchise? It's just like, hey, we're gonna leave you on this huge, our heroes in peril, and we'll catch you in a couple in a year or two when we get back to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Star Wars Episode Five, like yeah, yeah, maybe. where you're just like, oh no. I mean, and even that one gave you a little bit of like, yeah. oh, but they're back together. Like, there you go. It's like yep. there's hope, but like, it's not what you thought it was gonna be. And this was like, yeah. I, I legitimately looked at my watch and was like, man, I don't know how they're going to do this for another hour. And then it just stopped. And I was like, wait,
0: what? (laughs) So when they are, when they uh, announced this movie at Comic-Con, they were, they announced it was coming out in two parts. And then they said, oh no, we're just going to rename them. They did the exact same thing with Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. When they announced those, they're like, oh, it's Infinity War part one, Infinity War part two. And they're like, no, they're actually separate movies. Rename them. That was So when I saw them do that, I was like, oh, this is this is a two-parter. Even though they're like, oh, no, we renamed them. They're their own movie. I'm like, nope, you're doing Infinity War to me. And they did. Yep. Um, that, was, that was a heck of a cliffhanger there at the end. I want to start off with some of the cool stuff. The parallels to the first movie throughout I thought were pretty cool. But getting to open up with Gwen Stacy and her story yeah. was really cool, along with her playing the drums. Um, and then it ends, the movie ends with Gwen, Talking about her story with that same drum, uh, that same drum beat going behind it as she's like wrapping up the story. I thought that was super cool. The them piecing together the beginning and the end of the movie together with that, uh, with that drum solo, extended drum solo. Yeah, I thought was really really cool. Um, what was your like favorite part of this movie?
1: Oof. I mean, there's so many fun moments that happen, especially when they're in the spider realm headquarters yep. like that was super dope and really funny which i'm glad that they still made it funny because that's a very integral part to being spider-man right Yeah. um but i think man i think my favorite part that they did was <laughs> every spider-man got his own moment and got their own relationships and they were all different they're all, like, yeah. identifiable, right? We're like, oh, that's, like, your people. But they're all different, right? How they interact with their captain in their movie uh, or yeah. in their universe and who that is. Is that your dad? Is that your friend's dad? Is that just some guy? Is that, like, your uncle? Is that, like, a who? who's the captain in your universe? And it's like, how do you interact with that? And who I, – I thought that it was really well done that the fact that they were able to bring – 1 million different storylines together and still have I don't know consistency but independence between you know the 9 or 10 that you got to see very cool
0: I really loved that this movie uh when when they're in the Spider-Verse headquarters I think I think uh, Miles Morales calls it the Spider-Verse and uh M- Miguel Yeah Miguel O'Hara O'Hara's like Miguel Cabrera is like, <laughs> when Miguel O'Hara's like no, it's an arachnoid, you know, whatever. And he goes, Spider-Verse sounds stupid. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny meta comment. Um, but when they're in there and they're showing Miles the canon of it, which is yeah. every Spider-Man's got a captain that dies or whatever. And you see uh, Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. uh, standing over the Gwen Stacy's dad or whatever at one point. that that was cool. And then you, there's also Tobey Maguire standing over Ben because that's the only movie where this doesn't work is there was no real Captain Stacy that we cared about in the original Spider-Man trilogy. So we're just not, we're just going to show him over Uncle Ben and like that'll that'll do for now.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean that, I mean they talked about that with several other Peter Parkers as well. Like somebody around you has to die, right? Like uh, the main uh, Jake Johnson's Peter Parker like lost Uncle Ben, right?
0: Yeah, I think he also lost the Captain too though, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is the only one who like wasn't seen mourning over a dead cop. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's accurate, though. I could be wrong. I'd like to find out. I'd like to watch it again to find out. And then you get the throwaway line uh, with Miguel saying uh, about how the spot... Uh, I think it's when they're chasing the vulture at the beginning. and uh, Which, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, the paper mache Adrian Toomes. That was great. Uh, and then he's like, the Spot's already started all of these Chasm Clinic events. And don't even get me started on that kid with the with the wizard on Earth-19999 or whatever. Yeah. I was like, ah! I thought that was great. A fun little poke at Marvel for possibly mm-hmm. dropping Earth-616 a little too soon. Um, I thought that was really, really good. Uh, and then the coolest little Easter egg I want to talk to you about. When they brought live-action Donald Glover yes. as the prowler. yes. In there, I freaked out. I was like, "Ah, yes, they did it!" Um, so that made me so it's happy. A, it's a double Easter egg. What's the Roman doll thing called? A, a Russian nesting doll. Roman doll. Yeah, Russian nesting doll. There you go. It's a it's a Russian nesting doll of Easter eggs. As uh, Donald Glover plays Aaron in the Tom Holland. Spider-Man movie, Mm -hmm. and he mentions he's got a nephew in these parts, Uh which would be Miles Morales, but another Easter egg, and then this is him in a different universe where he becomes the Prowler, and another Easter egg because Miles Morales' character was originally written, designed, and created based on Donald Glover wearing a Spider-Man pajama suit in Community. Triple, quadruple Easter eggs. I don't even know how many Easter eggs are in this Russian doll right now, but it was enough to make me freak out in the movie. I thought that was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Agreed. No, I, I, I geeked a little bit and I blacked out and I missed the next like two minutes of dialogue because I was like, no, <laughs>
0: lover. put on the suit. <laughs> was there another cameo or Easter egg or something that you thought was worthy of talking about?
1: Do, 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 do. I laughed so hard at the uh, stop Spider-Man. He's in the East <laughs> Corridor or whatever. They all yeah. pointed at each other and yeah. I was like, okay, you shout out to the meme. That was pretty great. Um, yeah. And then also um, I I thought that That's not really an easter egg But I love that they made Spot Voiced by Jason Schwartzman Because yeah. he has such an identifiable voice And he's True. so like Not an intimidating bad guy yep. And it was a perfect comedic But also take me seriously Type villain That when he does like level up uh you're like oh shoot okay that's That's something else but it it reminded me immediately of like scott pilgrim versus the world where it's that. it's that duality of like here's the serious big bad you should you should be afraid of him but then you're also like but they're like weirdly dialoguing fighting with like swords and rock instruments and it, it felt like that same vibe and i love scott pilgrim versus the world yeah. and these movies felt very similar in vibe
0: um i don't know how to say his name daniel kalua i'm pretty sure is not how you say his name uh but the star of get out uh-huh. and nope and i'm sure other things mm-hmm. that uh, jordan peele didn't direct uh him as the punk rock spider hobie hobie yeah he was maybe my favorite so part of good. the whole movie. He was so funny. His comedic timing was incredible. At one point, he said something like they were joining the group and he was like, I thought you don't believe in teams. He's like, I believe I don't believe in consistency either. And I <laughs> thought that was so funny. <laughs> I thought that was so great. The writing of this movie was truly incredible. And I don't know who plays... Oh, I should have looked this up. Shamik Moore? Is that his name?
1: Uh, who plays Miles Morales? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That that guy does a great job. He does such a great like uh, Spider Gwen uh, played by Haley Steinfeld. She does a pretty good job too. Hawkeye um, of conveying a lot of emotion. Hawkeye, yes, uh, of conveying a lot of emotion. Uh, but man, Shameik Moore really got me in this one. He he played. He did so well playing the fast and quippy and funny Spider Man, but also just like the teenage kid who's just hurt and confused and like sad about what's going on and being betrayed and the world not being what he wanted it to be. And I thought they tied it in really, really well with that scene at the end with his mom, uh, played by Luna Velez, um, and and how that speech that she gives him at the beginning, he kind of comes back and says, you were right, mom. Every you know, People weren't looking out for me. It's not what I wanted it to be. I thought that was such great writing. And then for the twist at the end, for her to have no idea what he's talking about, I was like, oh, wow, you guys win. You guys wrote an incredible movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who is
1: your favorite alternate Spider-Man?
0: Uh, I really like the Scarlet uh, the Scarlet Spider played by Andy Samberg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I really liked the oh man I'm gonna mess it up Paviter Prabarkar <laughs> from from Mumbai Town or whatever that was. He was awesome. Yeah, I was uh, going to say
1: the, the Indian version of Spider-Man was my favorite Spider-Man. And the whole time I was like, I recognize this guy and I can't place his voice right now because I'm just so in love with what's happening. And as soon as I walked out, I was like, oh, he's Dopinder. Oh, that's what I recognize yeah, him. Yeah, he's How Dopinder
0: can't... from Deadpool. Wow, I couldn't place him. And it, like, there's
1: so many people in this movie that I love it that are just like, crossing universes of marvel sony dc whatever like are are you in a marvel tv show yeah you can come voice a character over here are you gonna be the new blade you can come voice a character over here (laughs) Uh, are you moon knight you can come voice a character over here
0: (laughs) the insomniac spider-man too. i loved that guy being in there did you ever play that game Mm -mm. that's a killer game uh, and I think that's actually also the game that Miles' roommate is playing when he's sitting in their dorm room and playing a game. I'm pretty sure it's from the Insomniac uh, Spider-Man game. Oh, that's funny. Um, oh, I was also going to another... say one of my favorite
1: little Easter eggs was um, Bagman is is in a shot at one point chasing... Um, Bagman. Yeah, so he is... Um, it's in one comic where Spider-Man ends up in the Fantastic Four um, tower. And I think he's like naked, so he puts on one of their suits, but he's still trying to hide oh, his identity, yeah. so he puts on a paper bag on his head. Okay, yep, I'm trying. And then he he does like two comic adventures with them and then leaves and is like, don't talk about this. <laughs> um, and, but it's like this weird throwaway comic, but it, it's a fun suit because it's, it's Spider Man in a Fantastic Four zip up and a bag on his head. And he's in I've one of that the shots. I've that's from. Yeah, he, he's in one of the shots where he's uh, chasing Miles as he's going across the Spider-Verse. Uh, and I when I saw it, I was like, Bagman! And I was like, shh! And I was like, oh my man, my
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, and then Brian Tyree Henry back as uh, Lieutenant or now Captain Morales. He did such a great job. Mm-hmm. And then Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara. He was awesome too. Um... But, I think still stealing the show again for the second consecutive movie in this franchise, Jake Johnson is Peter B. Parker. Oh my gosh. He's so funny. Yeah. He's so funny. He's so great. Oh man. And he always, he gets one line pretty much in both of these movies that kind of, brings you back to reality and it's like, oh he really does care and is a human. But the rest of it is all just wild insanity and I was so here for it. Yeah. He's so much fun when, when
1: he did his whole speech about like I wanted to have a kid because I thought if I yeah. raised her if I raised them they might end up to be like you, I was like, my heart. No. Yeah. My heart. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. then every time that little girl like pulled the Spider-Man mask sure. over her eyes, I was like, my heart, it's
0: so full. <laughs> Dude, man, that the uh, that movie is so good from beginning to end. The writing of that movie is really solid. It took a weird, kind of one-off, strange character like the spot and turned him out to be this evil nemesis mm-hmm. uh, for for Miles Morales, which I think is really cool. I also love they tied up a few plot holes that kind of didn't really make sense from the first one. They did with this one with uh, explaining that the scientists brought the spider in from a different. Uh, universe, Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah,
1: I thought that that was one of the best writing moves I had seen, where uh, somebody asked me the other day, they're like, did you like it better than the first one? I was like, I don't know because the first one was so original and so fun, it like stands on its own but because of it I was worried that this movie was only going to be good because it stood on the other one's shoulders and just kind of like redo a bunch of the old tropes that we know we like and they did some of the things that we they know we like which I was glad for but this movie was so original on its own the story was uh, and the way I love that they did it was with that spider saying that it came from an alternate universe and that he is the original glitch and has yeah. caused all these other ones because he was never actually supposed to be Spider-Man and I was like <gasps> no yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and then uh him destroying the collider at the end too, which ended up creating his arch nemesis in the spot. Yeah. I thought that was also really, really great writing. Um this is one of those things where <clears throat> if you see Superman punch Zod through seventy five skyscrapers and a billion buildings, well, what's actually left of New York City? And they never really or yeah. metropolis. Yeah. And you never really see a cutscene to somebody flipping over the cars at the end of the day. Uh, but this movie had a consequence to that which I thought was really, really cool and really well done as opposed to just being a random villain from you know, whatever and I'm here because of it's kind of the Tony Stark syndrome where you created your own villain again but this one made a lot more sense than Jake Gyllenhaal's project being <laughs> being uh, taken away from him and well, whatever the frick the plot was of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Almost home, not really home, not here yet at home yet. I... Um, which is... I think the worst Spider-Man movie of all of them now. I think I can say that confidently.
1: Man, that can't be true. Uh, Anyway, I do want to say that I think that there's another way to tell this story and it's from the perspective of the spot. Like, I, I think that he had his own entire character arc going on inside this movie as well and we only ever saw little snippets of it as it went along. But he had a fully developed character as well of like, something happened to him. He's trying to figure out how to live in the world. And then like, he gets some kind of purpose driven k- develops. You you see him take control of his powers as you go along. You don't see a training montage or anything like that, but he also doesn't just like go into the collider, come out and be like, Whoa, I have these powers. And then is the most powerful villain you've ever seen. Right. He has to learn yeah. how to become the villain. And like how to take control of his powers, kind of like what Miles had to do in the first one or whatever. Yep. So he's going through a lot of that same journey that Miles did in the first movie. And you're not seeing the journey. You're just seeing a couple vignettes of of the that arc happen. And I thought it was really good because you actually got a good villain out of it. You didn't just get yeah. Jamie Foxx falls into a pool of electric heels and now has like the powers of God. <laughs> And knows how to use them immediately, right? Sure. The spot's like, hey, I'm just trying to take a couple of dollars out of this ATM and I can't, I keep messing it up. And then all of a sudden he like can fight nine Spider-Men, you know, all Mm -hmm. at the same time. But that's an hour and a half later while a bunch of other stuff has gone on.
0: That's a really good point. Because I think the entrance of him trying to steal the ATM and the convenience store and... Spider-Man Trump going. Oh, we meet again. And he's like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm your arch nemesis, like, Yeah. whatever." And you're like, "Oh, you're like, oh, this is a joke." And then by the end of it, you're like, "Oh no, he's gonna kill Miles' dad." <laughs> like, "Oh, this got real." Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I think it was so is so good from the very get go. They had planned that that arc of you being like, "This guy's a joke to." Him. All right, well, I didn't see that coming. You're like, "Oh no, this is huge. This is about to be like the moment for him." I think that brings up a good point. The first movie is told predominantly in Miles' point of view, but it also switches back and forth between all the other Spider-characters and then ends up back with Miles. This movie starts off with Gwen's point of view and then back to Miles and then back to Gwen again at the end. I wouldn't be shocked if the third movie, which I think is actually set to release in 2024. They must have like they must have worked on these two movies back to back. I'm sure. Because uh, yeah. there's no way they can knock all that out in a year. I think it's supposed to be like March of 2024, I think, so fairly soon. Um, I would not be shocked if the third movie is at least introed through Spott's uh, origin um, or at least a little bit of his point of view. Um, I want to get to your predictions for the third movie because towards the end of this movie, I started really getting the feeling that they were going to make either Peter B. Parker or Gwen Stacy was going to end up being Miles Cannon moment. Yeah. Uh, whereas he'll save his dad but he's still going to lose somebody along the way. Like, and the thing about Spider-Man movies, he never gets the girl and stops the bad guy and keeps his job and does well in school. You know, like it's always, mm-hmm. he wins a couple of them, but he's losing at the other ones, right? So I think it would be like super on the nose for the Spider-Man trilogy to end with he saves his dad from spot, which is what he was always hoping to do. But I think he's going to lose Peter B. Parker or Gwen, more likely Gwen Stacy along the way. Which would be really sad, but that's just kind of the vibe I was getting from it. I was like, oh no, Like I, I think he's going to save his dad, because he kind of has to. That would be, or else he should have just let Miguel O'Hara keep him in his little spider cocoon thing until the spot kills him and then release him back into the world. So I think he's got to save his dad, but I think he's going to lose a friend along the way. And that makes me sad. Did you get that same vibe? Yeah, I think he's going to lose somebody,
1: but I think that the main storyline... And the next one is going to be more about the the big reveal at the end, right? About the alternate universe Prowler, yeah, uh, and him. And I think it's going to be about. Uh, I think he's going to lose somebody, but I wonder if it's going to be his other uncle again.
0: You know, or like. Okay, I didn't think about that. Through it, it may make more sense because of the big send off that the mom gave him in this movie. That uh, it would be the mom that yeah. bites the bullet at the end of the third one, um, but I just got sad even thinking about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about the uh, animation of this movie? Holy cow, was incredible! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, the there's a at least two or three scenes with Gwen Stacy when she's talking just to her dad, and it's like they animated it as it, they animated it as if it was like abstract art yeah like watercolors it, it like was, you could see like the the like the paint like dripping I was yeah like, how did they do that how did they do that that was like, great that was incredible
1: i did love that every universe has its own art yeah that was cool that, that was, was really cool. cool uh and some of them are similar to others but like to your point the gwen stacy one was very very different and it also i don't know i think is a reflection of the type of Spider-Man that comes out of that universe. Uh, maybe like yeah. two on the nose for someone like Spider-Noir. It's like, Hey, he's black and white. So he's going to be like a detective and whatever. But when sure. Stacy's universe being like more flowy colors and undefined edges and uh, sure. you know, things blending together, you're going to get more of her type of attitude, which is color in the hair punk like do what i want like everything's kind of relative like yeah and then you get hobie that has like no defined edges colors lines like there there there's nothing static about hobie but also he doesn't fit into any universe he sits in and then neither does his character and I love that. The fact that. that
0: there was always a colored box around his guitar. Was, yes. That's so funny. I thought that was great. When when uh, when he when Hobie takes off his mask, and Miles Ross goes, how are you even cooler underneath the mask? Yeah. And he goes, I've been this cool the whole time. I was like, holy cow. This guy's great. <laughs> what a great line. Yeah, everything um, Hobie says is fantastic. Of all of the like throwaway, oh, and then the scene when they're chasing Spider Man, and it gets to the Spider Man and and the uh, and the like therapist the therapist office, office. and guess and and then and then gets, let me guess your da- your uncle died. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so good. That was so good. I was going to ask you who was your favorite like throwaway like. Like half a second on the screen Spider-Man alternate that you got to see.
1: Bagman. But that was just yeah. Oh, that's
0: right. We were talking, I really liked the uh, cowboy Spider-Man who had the horse that was also wearing Oh my the gosh, mask. yes. Oh, so I
1: good. totally forgot about the horse. That was so and he's like,
0: Why does your horse have a mask? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man. That was that one movie was like two and a half hours probably. It was, a th- like, it felt like I blinked and it was over. Like I, th- like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, and so much of it was unexpected, and for a sequel, that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, like, that when they not happen all the time. When
1: they got to the big cliffhanger at the end of the movie, I was ready for another 45 minutes. I sure, was yeah. I was not tired. I was, because yeah. sometimes you get movie fatigue where you're like, we get it, let's get to sure. the end. And this yeah. one, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I'm going to have to find a pee break. Like, when are we going to do this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And that was so, the the end, of, when did you figure out that he was in the wrong universe the first time watching?
1: Um, da, da, ba, da, ba. When the mom, like. Asked him, like, you, like, it's Halloween, or like, why are you dressed up? Like, what's the costume about? And I was like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. she Like, she would Cosplay. recognize this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's Even when that was happening, I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand what's happening. And then when Uncle Aaron was like, oh, you took your braids out, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, he's in, like, it took me so long to get. I think it was when I saw Gwen standing in his room, and then they cut back yeah. to Miles also being in his room. That was a really cool shot. I thought a great way of doing it. It took me so like stupid long for me to be like, "Oh, I see what happened here." Upon the second watching of the movie, when the spider is making the cocoon thing, it says Earth forty two. And I was like, "Oh, yep, that's the number that was on the back of that spider." Yep. I should have seen that the first time and just been like, "Oh, okay, this is what's happening." Uh, I thought the way that they revealed that that was so so good. And then uh, when Uncle Aaron was like, "You took your braids out," and I was like, "Oh no." Um that was a really cool reveal that he wasn't the prowler um and that that's that Miles Morales became the prowler and also I thought it was a really cool look at what New York would be like if there was no Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah like I thought that disaster was a really zone. cool little tidbit. Yeah, for being just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, that place could sure use a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big town things can go wrong quickly.
1: Um, <laughs> I do think that that is one of my favorite like post apocalyptic stereotypes, where like you you look over the scenic landscape and there's just part of the city that's got like a forty foot flame in it, and everyone's just <laughs> like that's the typical Tuesday night.
0: <laughs> ah,
1: that part of the, the city bone we bone call bone we fire. call that fire town. Uh, <laughs> fire you we don't down. we don't go there. Uh, it's always on fire. Um Firetown. That's Firetown. And but like that's it's every a post apocalyptic movie to be like, look, look how bad things are. We you can't like zoom in on all the broken windows and like poverty and, and destruction. But what we will show you is everything's on fire and they're just cool with it. They don't like leave. It's like
0: a, like- an overhang of smog just like around all the tops of the buildings like oh that place is not doing well like if
1: I could see a giant fire from my house I'd probably be like you know what I probably should go (laughs) I think it's time to leave and they're just like nah it's probably not gonna get over here
0: yeah 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 man and then it ends with that cliffhanger I think that he's gonna dispatch of Prowler Morales pretty easily how does he get back to his? Oh, you see, they kept, they kept, uh, they kept Spider Ham and Spider Noir from us for a whole movie, but, but, oh, we got them back we have to see them at the end. They're getting the gang back together, which like maybe, maybe Nick Cage was busy making The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and maybe John Mulaney was busy, you know, being in rehab. Uh, so it's good that hopefully they cleared their schedules for for this for this third movie. I, I really hope that that's what happened. I really hope that that's the case that we get both those guys taking back their parts because they were they were so fantastic in the first movie.
1: But I appreciated it as well because it it cleared the way again to not just rehash all the old things from the first yep. movie. Uh, yeah. instead of being like, and now here's two minutes of John Mulaney being funny. You're like, ha ha ha. That was so great. They were like, now here's 15 minutes of a brand new character named Hobie you've never met. And yeah. you're going to love him too. And I was like, yeah, thank you very much. Like, so now I've got a whole team of Spider-Men that I love and hopefully I'll get some yeah. more in the next one.
0: Yeah. Does he know about Hobie? <laughs> He does not know about Hobie. That was, such a great, that was such a great line. That was such a great line. I'm really looking forward to more of of that Peter Parker, however that he says his name. Is there anything else that you want to talk about about this movie?
1: Uh, no. I when you mentioned the like, does he know about Hobie? I I laughed at the part where Hobie was like you left your shirt at my at my place or whatever. And then he just goes, are those my Chucks? And they just like kept going. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Those are the types of things that I love about Spider-Man is that like in the middle of fights, they're always like, did you want to talk about stuff right now? Like, yeah. This is how yeah. Spider-Man talk. B- between thwips. Uh,
0: between thwips. Yes. Okay. Between we
1: thwips, to... we have the quips. I think that's part of how they start their their local meetings.
0: I love that. Um, there's, there's spider meetings. Give me... Does, is this the best Spider-Man movie of all time?
1: Ooh, I'm going to have to see it one more time, at least, before I give you that answer. I do think that I, Homecoming is still up there for me, and
0: Spider-Man 1 Boy. with Tobey Maguire is, is up there for me. Okay, because to me, it's this movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, and... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think this is the top three and I don't think it's particularly close uh, where Spider-Man 2 will fall at number four, but it's it's not super high up there. Um, I think these. I think this, this movie was a cut above. It did what No Way Home was able to pull off, but it did it better and it made sense actually, which I really appreciated. Not easy to do, as we've seen from other Spider-Man movies. Super not easy to do. Do you have anything else for you want to close out?
1: No, do you think uh you think Oscar Isaac's going to like keep being the bad guy?
0: Like kind of um, or
1: is he like going to be the
0: the hero? At some point something's going to happen towards the third act of the movie, second act of the movie, Miles Morales is going to save somebody that wasn't supposed to be saved. Oscar Isaac is going to see it or he's going to see the alternate universe version of his daughter in this universe and that's going to make him Realize that people that you don't have to abide by a code and by an algorithm, and he's gonna help Miles save his uncle or his dad. But maybe Miguel O'Hare is the one who dies. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe maybe Spider-Man 2099,
1: which by the way, I think is a is a cool Spider-Man in and of himself. But I love that they addressed that he was like a vampire with his like one shot where he was gonna like totally eat that guy. And then he's like, "Ah, like couldn't do it anymore." And then they're
0: like, "We're not going to talk about it anymore." And I was like, "Wait, what? Can you explain that to me?" Because I am not well versed in Spider Man twenty ninety nine. I think it's I
1: preserve the right to be incorrect, but I also reserve the right to not read your comments. Um, I believe it's from a time period where like um, Doctor Doom becomes like God Emperor Doom, and he's like in control of everything, and it's like a Again, another post apocalyptic type world. And, yep. But there's always got to be a Spider Man. And here comes Uh. Miguel O'Hara to be the Spider Man in like this really dark timeline. And he's very much like an anti hero where like Dr. Doom's like, I'm trying to make the world perfect and peaceful. And he's like, no, the people should have rights and stuff. And like kind of leads a rebellion. But he's also like, I'm okay with killing everybody. Um,.
0: Because at one point he shoots himself with like a green looking venom thing, is that like is that like his something to suppress his vampirism? It very well
1: might be. I don't know all the ins and outs of him. I do know that he is like a vampire spider, which I think is like a, the Mad Lib version of how to make the most terrifying <laughs> being. If somebody was like, what's the scariest thing you can think of? And they're like a spider. And they're like, okay, what's the what's like the scariest mythical creature you can think of? And they're like a vampire. And they're like, okay. So it's a vampire spider. And they're like, <gasps> bad if that person could do time travel. No, time no, travel. No,
0: oh, no. Vampire no. spider. That's it. You a vampire
1: it, you know. spider that can find you anywhere in time.
0: <laughs> yeah. No my god, that's my nightmare. That really yeah, welcome, welcome
1: to your nightmare, Fuel. <laughs> and he sounds like Oscar Isaac.
0: Yeah. Well, how comforting is that? man I'm so excited I love this movie I can't wait to watch it again and I'm more excited 10 out of 10 stars everybody should see it 10 out of 10 stars 10 out of 10 would recommend well and if you would recommend this podcast 10 out of 10 or let's say 2 out of 10 please feel free to share it with your friends and family Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at at Podcast. we can be found on Spotify or wherever else you find your podcast thanks for listening this is not the podcast you deserve I just do a promo for our podcast on our podcast. I did. At the end of the podcast?
1: At the end of the podcast. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really,
1: really make them, you know, that's the cliffhanger, honestly. Just like Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. I've always said we were just like Spider-Man.
1: I've always said that, too.